0: From India's Largest Newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. When he
1: went in the classroom, he said, you're all gonna die. He just started shooting people.
0: That's one of the 10-year-olds who survived the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. 19 children and two adults were killed when a gunman stormed their school with assault rifles and indiscriminately fired at them. Police officials later admitted they may have taken too long to storm the classroom in which the 18-year-old gunman had barricaded himself with children. Of course, it was not the right decision. It was a wrong decision, period. Chidanand Rajghatta has been in the US and reporting on the nation for the Times of India since the 1990s. I asked him about his initial reaction to the shooting one of the many he's now documented since he moved to the US.
2: Not again, you know, simply because it's, it, is, it is such a familiar story. Um, I mean, mass shootings happen all the time. It's, it's like, you know, these accidents in India. People become sort of in, uh, inured to it. It doesn't register unless it's in the immediate uh, vicinity or somebody you know is involved. It's just a statistic, and shootings have become like that in the U.S. There are, you know, shoot, mass shootings literally every day, and occasionally when something like involving school children, you know, and that too on this scale um, happens, that's when it gets national attention. And uh, you know, as a parent of school-going children. Obviously, uh, you know, it, um, it, it touches I me in a very personal way. Um, we are lucky we live in a f- what is considered a fairly safe school district where gun laws are strict. But still, you never know. The striking thing is, I mean, every day I walk uh, our kids to school. They're all elementary, uh, primary and elementary, and a couple of middle school uh, kids. Uh, and we didn't discuss it with each other in front of kids. We waited till we dropped them, and on the way back, we talked about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's this sense of shock, um, disgust, uh, anger, resignation, uh, because it has gone on for so long. Columbine was almost, uh, what, 22, 23 years ago, Sandy Hook, um, Parkland, it's just uh, unending. And I have actually seen uh, a change in in the U.S. from the time I came here here in the 90s. When we drop off at the start of the school year, in fact, I have a photograph: the first day of school, uh, opening day of school, and unwittingly, I mean, I didn't mean to, but in the background there is a cop car and you know two burly policemen. I mean, which country has you know police? Uh, in schools, opening up schools, and you see them quite often now.
0: I also spoke with Rituparna Chatterjee, who's been the foreign correspondent for the Economic Times in the US and is also an author. Like Chidanand, Rituparna says the incident left her horrified and numb. Rituparna says she anyway stays away from breaking news and enforces it when there's a school shooting. She says her child's school in California quickly responded with a lot of material for parents on how to address the latest shooting.
1: As far as the school is concerned, it's a, it's an alternative school. So it focuses more on uh, protecting children's sensitivity and emotional and psychological well-being. So it's already a highly cocooned environment. I don't know of a more cocooned environment. And we work very closely with the kids. So um, even in a sensitive school like that, uh, where they're so protected, we have shooter drills where we know and you know it, it's it's still very scary and my inbox is filled with cool emails in which they're only focused there's just one keyword that comes which is communication because some older kid uh some kid will have a sibling who's maybe in middle school or high school who gets it pretty much like you would um and then says something that a fourth grader might overhear or a kindergartner might overhear and god knows what they've made up and that is what we want to avoid. Let the communication be clear for that age. There is no need to go over and beyond to scare anybody. And so some parents have come up with a few PowerPoint presentations with you know, cartoons and graphics. And so you can see we're very hands-on. Everybody has full-time jobs, but uh, it's a very dedicated setup. And uh, just the whole focus is communication. Nobody's denying it happened or it did not happen.
0: Ritupanmi, you spoke about how your inbox is full of mails, could you elaborate on what are these cartoons and other material that is being
1: shared? It's very private. It's um, it's in my inbox. You know, it's not something out there. But it's basically little sketches and diagrams and somebody will elaborate and say, you know how street plays are? Kind of like that. Very basic. And then someone will tell a story. And there is a little bit I've written about as well about a toddler so that when the kid asks, but why would a bad guy want to shoot kids? Because you just have to say that there's a bad guy because there are villains in all the movies and stories. So uh, so then every kid will ask, but why does a bad guy want to kill kids? And it's uh, want to shoot kids. They try to avoid the word kill here. And it's it's really heartbreaking and it's very hard to not tear up because they're, you know, like six and nine and all chubby cheeked and, you know, wide eyed. And it, it makes it exceptionally painful. It just breaks your heart when it's that young and um then uh, the analogy we as parents have always given is that uh well you know what happens when a toddler has a tantrum because almost all of them have toddler siblings or they see them on campus or you know access to younger kids everywhere so they're like yeah so um can you explain anything to a toddler when they're in the middle of a meltdown so they're like no and then then we're like can we explain anything to you when you're throwing a tantrum most of them would say no or they'll be quiet So then we say that this is why we cannot explain it to a bad guy. And I think that childlike logic very much nails it because the people who go out shooting are never in the the appropriate mental health.
0: In today's episode, I'm speaking with Rituparna and Chidanand about the recent shooting in Texas, its effects, and why the richest country in the world just can't seem to find a solution. One effect of these shootings is that schools in the nation have mock shooter drills. A mock shooter drill... Is where the school pretends like there's a person with a gun on the school premises, and the children are all at risk. An ABC report had chronicled what this looks like in schools. Attention, this is a
1: drill. We need
0: to lock down. Ritu Parna, who's written a column for TUI Plus about the experience studied in India, she had never seen one of these drills until her child had to participate in one right after he joined school.
1: This was in 2017 when my son started kindergarten. In preschool, at least we didn't go. Through. Because of the pandemic, we missed it. Just imagine, the pandemic saved us from shooter. Like, <laughs> seriously. So, um, but uh, apart from that, I've been in it every year, 2017
0: onwards. When there is this fear of a shooting, in a school especially, does this influence how the school is built? And like, do you have sort of facilities that cater to a situation where there may be a shooter?
1: A lot of the school doors are bullet resistant or bullet proof. The police in shooter drills, the police and the, you know, the teacher and each classroom work really close together. And at least in our school, um, the classrooms tend to be very small, 19 to 21 kids. And um, so it's very, you know, everyone knows everybody. So when the shooter drills happen, there's usually a plan per year, and it keeps changing. Can you
0: describe what it's like to go through and from sort of start to finish?
1: In a fire drill, um, what will often happen is um, there is an escape route plan. So you will very calmly go so the kids know they don't have to run. Otherwise, there will be a stampede. In an earthquake drill, uh, all of us, you know, in offices and everything, you go under uh, a table or something heavy and you're kind of crouching there and with kids being tinier, uh, you know, there's more options than for us or for high schoolers. And when it comes to a shooter drill, you're kind of combining both in a very, very scary, I don't know, apocalypse situation. So it's always done with the police and the police will uh, bang really, really badly on the thick bulletproof door. It's enough to make us scared. We We know everything. The teacher will discuss possibilities with us, like, you know, if I get shot, then you 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 do this. If they get shot, you 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 do this. So how is it any different from some police force going for the security of the prime minister of India? They'll probably be discussing the same thing. There's five six of you. If I get up, you know, or you go first. So it, it's that disgusting. And it, I'm getting, I'm trying not to cry, and you know, to get, to get goosebumps because these teachers are so committed. And here the kids will. Again, there will be a path, and each class will have something different. So uh, they will run down the street, the opposite of a fire drill. And a fire drill you're trying to be calm, so there's no stampede here. You will run, and they will, like, flay their hands like you would, I guess, to appear big, you know, if you encounter a wild animal in a forest. That's where the similarity ends, because then you'll be screaming and yelling for help on the street so the shopkeepers can see you and people can see you. Because it's not a very congested – most of America is not congested. It's very isolated. But – Then cars can stop by. They can just pick people up. Like whoever gets saved, maybe, maybe five kids will get saved, but pretty much get them out of there. Can you imagine how, how scary even the thought of it is? That is one. And the second is you hide under furniture. And there are certain hiding spots, especially kindergarten and all those classrooms are very creative. Sometimes they'll have a bathroom. And so, so many people go here. And so when it happens, of course, kids want to talk. So we'll pass around lollipops. And it's it's scary even for us because the way the police bang, they are really not uh, toning it down much because that's the whole point. And so there'll be random kids sobbing in your lap and then you're comforting them. I've taught my kid uh, a lot of breathing techniques and meditation since he was three years old. So he's actually really good on his own, um, which to me is the biggest success I could have as a parent. And I think that is both heartening and uh, sad that we have a society in which we have to create this in the world's most developed country. If a shooter has entered, you the children sometimes aged as young as five and six in kindergarten, my son was four and a half, he was the youngest, are encouraged to throw furniture at the shooter. So they are being encouraged to be violent do you see how how messed up this is? We are training our kids to be, uh, I, I mean, really, we're training them into violence. Nobody's getting up. On- it's very scary. Um, and I think the kindergarten one was the worst because unfortunately we're used to it. Like you'll talk to anybody from a war zone. They're just used to this. They're just used to that. You become numb. And that's part of the PTSD. And there was once in 2018, when he was in first grade, when we had a shooter out, we were just told by the police in the school, just 15 minutes, not even 15 minutes, I think like, yeah, less than that before school opened. Hey, there's a shooter out. It's up to you if you want to come to school or not. It comes to that. And we used to walk to school and I had to ask my son at six years old, because if you're walking to school, we are the most vulnerable, right? do we go to school or not can you imagine at age six the level of responsibility i could have easily said no let's stay home but i'm not preparing him for anything he's been through shooter drills he knows it and then within seconds he said well we all have to die one day anyway let's go so i really had to respect that decision because that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to raise a fearless kid who's independent and who can emotionally self soothe because frankly that's all you can do but he took the decision and when I dropped him and I came back, I was shaking because I had to do that, you know, the parent to have these strange decisions so that he would be empowered. Then the police said, oh, no, it was a false alarm. They had mistaken it for another town. So I started shaking and I started crying and I was alone. I would never break down in front of him. That's what's happening to all the parents. Because you see, the kids don't realize uh, what's going on. So they are numb. they they're still processing the world, so everything is um, new. And they don't know what's normal and what's not. But the parents know. There were some people in uh, my son's class who moved back to Taiwan, who moved back to Turkey. Too much gun violence is not worth it.
0: Could you explain how kids react to these drills in general? How you, Like you said, you sat through so many of them. What are they like through these drills?
1: They do get very shaken. You know, they have bulletproof backpacks for uh, high schoolers. Um, What does that do? There are ads for uh, very, very normal ads, you know, like you would get ads for, I don't know, potato chips, uh, for bulletproof vests that look really, really stylish. It goes with our high schoolers because they have no school uniforms. And just because it's normal, my whole point is that people are actually considering that might go well with his favorite color. And and I'm just thinking how bizarre this is. We are shopping for bulletproof vests. It's really, really apocalyptic. Um, I think they're getting very normalised.
0: But Rituparna says that while children seem to be normal during the shooter drills, she wouldn't be surprised if that's having an effect on them that will be visible in the future.
1: So I think it's the same with kids. You'd never know when there will be a trigger when they grow up because right now it all appears normal. Um, And shooter drills in themselves are extremely uh, traumatic. However, they don't know what is normal and what isn't. And in some ways it protects them. He has not been with me during a single shooter drill. And he was very calm in a a corner and the kids who prayed, prayed. Uh, But many were very scared and did not know what to do. And Mm -hmm. um, I did teach kindergartners meditation for a while. But again, there's only so much you can do right outside. I think that helps because the PTSD is bound to happen. Um, Also, the world that they'll be in will be very different. So, I don't know. I don't know how and when it will manifest, but I would be shocked if there's no PTSD from this.
0: The last such shootout involving young children was a decade ago in the Sandy Hook School in Connecticut. 20 children and six adults were killed in that incident. Within hours of the Uvalde shooting, questions were being asked of US elected representatives who've been accused of receiving funds from pro-gun groups. Among them was US Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, one of the biggest recipients. One interview of Ted Cruz went viral when he walked away after a reporter asked him why such shootings took place only in the US. Why does this only happen in your country? I really think that's what many people around the world just They cannot fathom, why only in America? Why is this American exceptionalism so awful? In the same week as the shooting, the US National Rifle Association went ahead with its event in Texas, just a few hundred miles from the site of the Uvalde school. As protests over the event grew, the Texas governor dropped out, as did the maker of a rifle that the shooter used. But Ted Cruz was there, and had a solution to school shootings.
1: We must not react. To evil and tragedy by abandoning the Constitution or infringing on the rights of our law-abiding citizens.
0: Former U.S. President Donald Trump, who in the past has advocated giving guns to trained teachers, was also there.
2: As part of a comprehensive school safety plan, it's time to finally allow highly trained teachers to safely and discreetly concealed carry. Let them concealed carry.
0: Chidanand Rajghatta, who you heard earlier, says that while he hasn't spoken about the Uvalde shooting with his children yet, he does plan to. He says he definitely plans to talk to them about the dangers of guns. He now explains why guns hold such a place of pride in the US.
2: And It comes from uh, you know, a historical uh, legacy where the founding fathers you know, romanticized uh, weapons. So if you know the background, the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution confers on Americans the right to bear arms. Um, But it is actually a very conditional amendment. I mean, this was written in 1791 by (laughs) white slave-owning brigands, actually, in an age of muskets, you know, and this old-style guns it simply should not apply to contemporary society where you you uh, have assault weapons which can discharge 100 rounds in a minute. And the ostensible reason that um, all the Second Amendment lovers insist on retaining, the, the, the argument they make is that if we allow regulations which will outlaw, let's say, X weapon or Y weapon, then it's a slippery slope, then you'll ban all weapons. Which I think is a fairly ridiculous argument. I wrote about this yesterday in the Times of India in, in an op-ed called "Gun Ho America." That this love of uh, Second Amendment and guns basically is, uh, you know, a self-protection uh, mode. This is a middle-American white, you know, fast-dwindling population which fears that they'll be overrun by. Um, a country which is becoming increasingly diverse and mixed.
0: NYP had done this podcast where they spoke of how Sandy Hook victims' parents are still dealing with denial and conspiracy theories. How has this incident played out so far?
2: Same thing. I think it's a, it's literally a repeat. You know, there is a denial on part of many uh you know republicans i mean let's put it bluntly it's it's this is a republican guns are a republican fetish guns signal independence freedom in fact some of the senators have actually said the reason it's not just guns it's a concept of freedom that americans should be free to fight a tyrannical government and it's very interesting the the wordings of the second amendment it, it's actually conditional it says uh I believe one of the expressions it has is a well-regulated militia. So implicit in that is it has to be regulated. There are several assumptions in that amendment that, you know, your right to bear arms is incumbent on you facing a tyrannical government. (laughs) It doesn't give you the right to, you know, uh, bear uh, AK-47s or AR-15s to shoot up a supermarket. I mean, the 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 week before was the Buffalo uh, shooting supermarket. And there, that, that guy was a self-confessed white supremacist who went and shot black people because in his mind, you know, there's a great replacement going on and immigrants and blacks and all these people are taking over America. Do you think there's some kind of like a tipping point? Everyone keeps
0: pointing to uh, the other nations that kind of went ahead and did. Radical gun reform in light of a particular incident. Uh, do
2: you feel like this could be that incident? No. Nope. No, nope, not a chance. There'll be another one next week. Take it from me. In fact, there are copycat ones happening, as we speak, in the sense that they arrested, you know, some kid in Texas who was also planning. And these guys are just posting it on social media. Look, the problem is guts, right? they are evil people everywhere. But when you give them such easy access to guns, literally, you know, much, much of it unregulated or easy regulations for a kid who's 18 to walk into a store and legally buy two guns, I mean, that's staggering, right? And that too, with all the red flags. The solution for many Republicans is arm more people. In fact, some of them want teachers to be armed. Really? Are you kidding? How dumb can you be? And or more security, that's the other thing. Put more armed people. But we know that there was, a, there was armed security. In many of these schools and many of these malls, there is armed security. There is, there are patrols. Like I said, when I go to drop kids to school, I see patrol car. And that doesn't help. They might, you know, stop one or two, but you can't stop everyone. They'll get around it. Um and, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, damn the Second Amendment. You know, kill the Second Amendment. It's ridiculous. Rewrite it. Make it conditional. In no way or form can a society be awash with assault weapons so easily available. This is actually state state-sanctioned or legislation-sanctioned murder of children. Actually, I saw a headline of an op-ed, which actually said "America, America's child sacrifice. This country is allowing, sanctioning the mass murder of its children. And it is absurd. It, it is sick. There's no other country where killings happen on this scale. How, how insane it is that after this school shooting, uh, four hours down the road, about 200 miles away in Houston, the National Rifle Association, which many people want, declared a terrorist organization, is holding a convention, um, which will be attended by 70,000 people. And they call it a, a family event for gun lovers. And, you know, kids below 18 are welcome to attend. And there'll be about, what, over 10 or 15 acres of weaponry on display. It is just crazy. I don't know when it'll stop, but I I don't see an end to it. if if Sandy Hook, you know, and if Columbine and Sandy Hook and Parkland and all things didn't move, uh, all those shootings didn't move the ball, you know, fat chance this will. And particularly since uh, let let's be very blunt, this was hey, 19 mostly I think all of them were Hispanic kids, and the Buffalo shooting with ten black guys.
0: Shidan says there are various ways to bring down the number of shootings in the US, and laws can be passed if the US Senate will clear them. However, he doesn't see that happening quickly enough.
2: What they can do, which is a reasonable compromise, is to institute safeguards. The legislation is already been, which has already been passed by the House of Representatives. Background checks to various safeguards, red flags, making buying of gun harder, banning assault weapons. It just beats me that you can actually get military grade, grade weapons of such uh, you know high caliber. And then of course there is the whole issue of you know mental health, uh, you know kids, the whole education system, uh, social media, so yeah, there's, there's there's a lot to unpack uh, from this incident, uh, but I don't see phew, it happening quickly enough, and certainly not before the next shooting. And, uh, sad to say, but there will be a next shooting.
0: Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathi and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at podcast at timesinternet.in.